and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Daily Record sports writer Gavin Berry and Mark McDougall of the Digital Desk. On the pod today, Nikola Katic signs from Slavin Balupo. Will he follow in the footsteps of Jelovic and Purcell and does he fit the archetype of the perfect Rangers signing? We talk to a creation journalist, I'm going to try and pronounce this well but probably disastrously, Goran Sitchin Masankska to find out more. The Steven Gerrard era begins today in earnest. We assess what you can expect as a footballing idol takes the reins at Ibrox. And Murray Park is to be renamed the Hummel Training Centre. We look back as the last remnant of the Sir David Murray era is swept away. Right, I finally got through that after about 11 attempts, gentlemen. I do apologise. Can you spell that question? No. But... We shall go to this interview that you did, Mark, um, with said Croatian journalist, whose name I will avoid saying, um, because he's got a bit of information about Nikola Katic, who's just signed for Rangers in a £2 million deal. So, straight to the interview. Also, he's got one Croatia cap already. Uh, it wasn't the strongest Croatia team that went out, but is, is he someone that's viewed in Croatia as somebody who could, who could be a potential future centre-back regularly in the Croatia team? Well, uh, maybe in a uh, in, uh, few years uh, he can be, uh, because, uh, because right now we, we have uh, Logan from uh, Liverpool and uh, here is Vida and uh, Chorluka and uh, there is no other player that, uh, that is playing on a very high level or in, in strong league in this position. So if he will be good at Rangers, uh, it's... Uh, it's the ticket for a national team, I think, for him. If he is going to be regular and if he's going to play good, then he's going to make a cup. Uh, this cup for Croatian team was, uh, yes, when uh, there was some leagues uh, playing and uh, not all players were available for, for this friendly. And uh, so he went to play uh, as a player from Croatian league. What's it, what is uh, Nikola like as a person? Like, is he a very ambitious person that that will push himself to go far? Yes, very, very ambitious and uh, very self-confident also. Yeah, I believe he he turned down Hadjik Split. Uh, I think it was last summer because they wanted to play him in the B team. Uh, is that is that true? What sort of uh, what does that say about him? Yes. They, they want him to play in the B team, but he did not want to play for B team because uh, he thought that uh, he was good enough for the first tire and, uh, and he, didn't want, he didn't want to play in the, in the lower league. Uh, he, was also, uh, he was already playing for uh, Meretranat in the uh, third league. And he didn't want that. He wanted to go to the first league. That's the reason why he came to Swanbelupa. Also, you will you will watch him quite a lot as a player. Uh, just what exactly are his main strengths? Yes. So it's a, it's a dual play. It's a aerial play and uh, and marking also. What has the been, response been to this transfer in Croatia? Has there been much said about it? Yes, uh, all, all the news uh, portals uh, published uh, uh, this, uh, this news about cottage in the Rangers, but uh, uh, now it's uh, only a few days left until the uh, uh, World Cup where Croatia is playing and uh, the main uh, 
main articles are connected to Croatian national team. But uh, it was also on the on the front pages of uh, of news portals. And uh, but you know, uh, Slavia Belupo is not such a big club in Croatia. And uh, if it was a transfer from Hajduk or uh, Dinamo, then it would be uh, uh, it would be get uh, much more publicity. But uh, it's a small town for 30,000 inhabitants and the club in the mid- middle of the table. So it's not so very interesting for, uh, for newspapers to, 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 to give uh, bigger, bigger uh, publicity for, for this transfer. But it's, uh, it's very good transfer for Svan Belupo. Of course, it's a record transfer for them. And uh, and it's very important for them for the future that they can sell uh, players from Croatian league to to a club like like Rangers. Also, Rangers have had uh, quite a lot of success with Croatian players in the past. Obviously, you've got Dado Prusso, Nikitsi Jelovic, and even Niko Kratjar was quite. Well, he wasn't successful at Rangers, but he because of injuries, but he did show how good he was at times. Uh, is there a is it just that Scottish football is well suited to the Croatian style of play? Yes, Dada Persho and, and uh, Jelovic were successful, that's right. Uh, I think that uh, that uh, Scottish, uh, uh, Scottish League, I, I saw some, some games and uh, I can tell that uh, it's perfect for Katic because uh, he's a type of player for, for this league, for long balls, for headers, for aerial uh, duels and uh, stuff like that. So uh, I think that uh, uh, with his self-confidence that uh, he, he can be successful. At, uh, at Rangers and uh, in uh, Scottish League, if, if that's what you are asking. Yeah. Uh, just finally, would you say that Katic will, would look to stay at Rangers for a long time, or is, is this going to be viewed as a stepping stone to maybe go to England like a lot of players do? Well, in, uh, in some perspective, uh, of course, it's, uh, it's a nice step for uh, another step uh, far, but uh, I think that uh, now in Rangers it's a very big step for him and uh, in first period he needs to adapt to, to a different style of uh, play uh, and uh, to a big club, new, new club, new, uh, new teammates. Uh, he, would, he would definitely need uh, some sort of uh, uh, this period, but uh, I think that if he's going to be good in two years or two or three years, why not? Why not go somewhere else if there would be interest? But I think that the Rangers is now for him top of the world, so so he's not uh, thinking about anything else in, in this moment, for sure. Okay, so um, I hope that was uh, illuminating for everyone. Um, I'll start with you, Mark, because you were obviously leading that. Um, You've watched a bit of the player on Y Scout, the the program that the clubs use to assess uh, players prior to obviously going out and, and viewing them in the flesh. Um, combine that with what you've seen and what you've uh, learned from from speaking to the journalist there, and, and tell me what you you make of this signing. Uh, yeah, I think he he's clearly got a lot of potential. He's somebody that's he's quite raw still. I think uh, he's got a lot of work to do in his passing. As far as I could tell, he's. He's not got great passing stats. They're up there with there's 
they're not high they're only if you look at last season's Rangers team in defence only David Bates had a worse passing accuracy than him which David Bates passing was pretty shocking last year so uh, yeah He's, so he's a ball winner. He's a yeah. ball winner. He's not yeah. going to be the guy that's going to be sauntering out of defence. Yeah, he's 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 all right on the ball when he's keeping it short, keeping it tidy, doing that. But it's when he starts trying to play long, uh, it's when he starts trying to play long that he's uh, having a bit more problem uh, finding his man. But um, he's good in the air. By the looks of things, he's a big guy, six foot four. Uh, yeah, he looks strong. He looks like a good leader. He's been captain a few times for Slavia Bolupo. Uh, so it's yeah, important it to stress, good. isn't it, that Slavin Belupo, I mean, they're a very small team. It's a sort of St Johnston level team in the Croatian League. But the Croatian League mm-hmm. is a good league. It's better than Scotland by about 10 places in the UEFA coefficient. Yeah. So, Gav, does this sign in 21 years old, 6 foot 4 defender, is it the archetype of what Rangers should be doing going forward? A creative sign in a bit like Van Dyke or Winyama? Absolutely. That's exactly the road they should go, uh, be going down. I was working in the office on Sunday and two names emerged as possible Ranger signing targets. Uh, Nikola Katic was one. Uh, later on in the day, uh, the name Ryan Kent came out, Liverpool winger, both the same age, but two totally different types of signings. Do you want to take a young guy on loan from Liverpool? Now, Steve Gerrard, as you would expect, has been linked with so many young players at Liverpool. Having worked there, he knows them. But I just think that you take these guys on loan and as we've seen so often in the past in Scottish football, it isn't necessarily the environment. Um, so Rangers themselves, if you go way back to the Paul Le Guin era, had um, Phil Bardsley and Lee Martin on loan from Manchester United. Didn't work out. These guys don't have any sell-on value either. If they do succeed, you're only doing their parent club a favour. What Rangers need to do is exactly the, the type that you mentioned there, the Wanyamas of Van Dykes, get hidden gems at a good age, at a good price, because they aren't you know, proven, they're going to be raw, uh, and then hopefully make a few quid. And they sent Carlos Coelho uh, for a couple of million, just under three, I think, had one outstanding season, nobody really knew him, had one outstanding season, and then 12 months later they sell him to Aston Villa <coughs> for £8 million. Pounds. So that's exactly the road they should be going down, because... They've got to generate cash. From what you've seen and what you've heard, Mark, this is a guy, from from what I've looked at, seems most comfortable on the left side of a three-man defence. Do you think that is a, is a hint of the way Gerard might go this season, given that he also played his uh, Liverpool side with a three-man defence? Yeah, um, I th- he, is, he has played mostly on the left of three-man, but... He has played on the right and centre as well. Because he is right footed. Yeah, and he has played as part of a back four rather than back three as well. So he's got he could be with Gerard because he's played that system with Liverpool under eighteens, it might have to add it more. But who who's the third defender that's gonna come in there? Obviously you've got Goldson coming in. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the two of them might be a partnership, but who's the third one that comes in? That's what makes it more He awkward. could play Ross McCrory, I suppose, couldn't he? But I think everyone agrees he's better suited in midfield, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. But, but McCrory and a three, and a three, yeah, uh, his his um, qualities, his yes. pace, his the way yeah. he travels forward with the ball, yeah. that might be, actually be his best position. Yeah, well, it could be then. But yeah. then all three are quite McCrory. similar as well when it comes to they're all relatively same age. They're all quite tall. They're all decent on the ball, but none of them are really out there. When the, like somebody like Alves who would go and just win everything in there. I don't think any of them are like that. I think they're all a bit too similar to play together as a back three. Uh, Goldson. Goldson, 
Katic. Katic and McCrory. Right. Um, in terms of um, the overall picture of what we're seeing about the way that Gerard's trying to mould this team together, Gav, mm-hmm. we've had um, Goldson is heavily linked. We fully expect yeah. that move to yeah, go yeah. through. Six foot three. Um, Katic, six foot four. Yeah. Even Ilaria. Eljaria, sorry, Eljaria, Eljaria is uh, six foot. Yeah. Um, Scotty Arfield's just a touch under six foot. Yeah. Are we seeing a remolding of this team in terms of power, size, pace, um, towards a much more stronger Rangers team, much stronger Rangers team that won't be bullied like it was? Well, exactly. That's exactly what's needed. So he's obviously quite quickly identified that. I mean, anybody who watched those uh, last two Old Firm games uh, would have. It wouldn't have taken a rocket scientist to work out that, that that's where the problem uh, that's where the problems lay. But also not just the physical uh, strength of these players. I think it's also the character of them. I mean, when you look at Goldson in particular and the, the story, anybody you speak to about Connor Goldson, uh, t- what com- shines through is just a guy who overcame adversity. Obviously, he had this heart uh, defect that was picked up during the routine medical at Brighton. He managed to come back from that. I mean, that came in the end of his career for him to come back from that and play in the Premier League shows great strength of character. But also, if you go further back, last week I spoke to Mickey Mellon, uh, his old manager at Shrewsbury, uh, and that's what he said, just somebody who was willing to... I think Swansea had come in from, he said, he he joined Shrewsbury and only had five players or something on his books, and Swansea wanted to sign Goldson. He managed to convince him to stay. Swansea were in the Premier League, he managed to convince him to stay in League One. He says, but what he learned, you know, he, he was awarded the captaincy and he won Shrewsbury promotion. I think that type of player, somebody who's come through the real tough test in those lower leagues, tells you something about their strength of character. Do you like the idea of Goldson? Uh, yeah, the bits I've seen of him, I've not seen a lot of him, but he looks a decent player. He's, he's quite strong, he's good on the ball. Uh, and it's kind of been what Rangers have been missing at the back. Um, somebody, that's, somebody that's willing to get on the ball, play it a wee bit, but is strong enough to get stuck in as well and win things in the air. Uh, but like I said, the team, there's a lot more options in this team now. Not necessarily at the back, but in midfield especially. When you look at our field, you've got Jack Ryan Jack coming back, you've got Graham Dorans, you've got a lot of options in there. And it's a lot stronger than, yeah. with no disrespect to Andy Haldane, and Jason Holt or any of these guys. It's a much stronger Rangers team than what finished last season. What we're seeing is him getting the spine of the team right. That's the important thing, isn't it? I mean, I know comparisons have been made with this whole Sooners era, who famously started with you know like your Woods and your Butcher. You know, it was Colin West. That's often right, forgotten. Colin West but. was the very first. That's right. You're right. But you, you know, I mean, he was getting strength at the back there. You know, building from the back, and that's because I mean, let's not forget about Alan McGregor there. So I mean, if you're talking about McGregor, Katic, Goldson. You know, if he if he does play with you know just two in the centre of defence, you know that's, a, that's a, that could be a strong three. It's a it's a five million pound outlay as well, you know, and we're forever reading uh, online the bloggers and people like that saying that Rangers have no money, and I think they're always shocked as we saw uh, quite hilariously the other day um, when when Rangers actually do spend money. It's a significant outlay that the Rangers board have put in, and they are clearly going to back Stephen Gerrard, but. If that's the defence sorted or on the way to being sorted with these two, well, one potential signing, one definite mm-hmm. signing, we've talked about midfield starting to look quite good. You've got Dorans in there, you've got Arfield in there, you've got Holt in there, you've got Rossiter in there, um, and other players. 
What about the striking position? There's, there's talk today that Alfredo Morelos is once again on Fenerbahce's radar. Now, I'm sure you've been all over the story, Mark, on the digital desk today. It strikes me, £5 million plus Martin Scuttle, well, highly unlikely. Um, so, what was your take? I'd like there's any truth in that at all. I if think that was true, Rangers yeah, should be snapping their hand off. The deal, even, deal done immediately. Even if it was true, Rangers are never going to be able to afford Martin Scuttle's wages. We spoke yeah, about it before. He's, he's on 60 grand a week or something crazy like that at Fenerbahce. He's just... That's, Rangers are never going to be able to afford those wages, so I just can't see that being true at all. Uh, there was other stuff as well that Fenerbahce are going to send a delegation to Glasgow to speak to Rangers about Morelos, but it needs to be big money for Rangers to sell just now because if you look at... There's, he's the only striking option at the club just now, unless you include Josh Windass, who's not really a striker and isn't really a midfielder either. He doesn't don't know where he would fit in and right now, but there's nobody else there. At oh, you were a big fan of Windass. No, yeah, I'm a huge fan of I'm a huge yeah. fan of Josh Windass as a player, but he's the, not mur- really, the milk is sour in here, Mark. He's not. You're, you're turning on your man. <laughs> he's not a striker and he's not a midfielder and he's not an out-and-out striker anyway, and he's not. He's never a centre midfielder in his life, so. It's where he fits in. I think he's a striker, yeah, personally. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a number nine. A false number nine, but a number nine. Yeah. Just to go back to the Skirtle one, I mean, if we're talking about Katic being the way forward and fitting the, kind of, the whole business model, then Skirtle's the polar opposite of that, isn't he? I mean, he's a guy that's coming at the end of his career. I understand the experience. I know that there's the argument about needing a bit of experience, you know, but look what he did with Alves. Didn't quite work out. Clint Hill played... He, he did OK, you know, in a, in a poor side... But it's just not the way they want it. It's, it's not really, it's not good investment. And I think Morel is, to be honest, I think there's something there for him. He's still young. You, you do forget how young he is, you know, and there's something there to work with. And as you say, there is such a lack of striking options. I don't think they can afford, really, to punt him just now. I think it's often forgotten with Morel as well, that he just came off the back of a season in Finland before yeah, saying for Rangers. Of course. With no break, he's he's naturally got a, naturally got a bit more tired towards the end of it. Okay, well, um, that we'll keep an eye on that one because um, you know I've sort of poo-pooed it. We've all poo-pooed it. It's probably going to happen now because of that. Well, okay, gents. Uh, through the power of Twitter, um, I've just actually seen that Connor Goldson, as we as we suspected, mm-hmm. um, has actually signed a four-year deal. So um, you know, I don't think it changes what we've been saying because we've been saying that we essentially assumed that he would be coming in, but. Uh, Good age, good experience. Good age, good experience, uh, and, and a, a player that's going yeah. into a position that, that Rangers desperately require. Yeah, leadership qualities. I mean, you, depending on what Lee Wallace's future holds, uh, you could be top captain material. Yeah, I think even even with if Wallace stays, I don't think he's going to be a regular in the first team this season with John there. So no. there's going to need to be more leaders on the pitch, and it's something Rangers really need. Yeah. See, there's a lot of players underneath first-team level at Premier League clubs, but few with the kind of experience that, that Goldson has, you know, of playing proper football, first-team football, you know? OK, well, we're going to move on to uh, Stevie mm-hmm. Gerrard's uh, backroom team that he's brought in. Um, Coleshaw, Beal, McAllister, Milsom. He really has been given free reign to go out there and bring in an entire backroom staff. They've completely cleared out yeah. the, the, the people that were there before. I think uh, Dave King talked about it when he said, we've gone big mm-hmm. on the managerial spend yeah. um, to try and uh, basically change the strategy a little bit, get quality in there, and yeah. then hopefully that'll drive us to success. Uh-huh. Is there any names in there, Gav, that jump out you as interesting? For me, it's Michael Beale. I know that's the sort of hipster's choice, but a guy that's gone... Worked in Brazil, yeah. very highly rated down south. Speak to any journalist down south, they say this guy is a 
is really, really highly rated in coaching circles. Very much a modern, progressive coach. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can only go on what I've read the same as you. You know, yeah. the, the articles that are out there online, you know, there's, they're fairly in-depth. He's a guy who obviously wasn't scared to go and try and learn new things by... It was quite a bold decision to go all the way out to Sao Paulo yeah. uh, where he was assistant manager, although it was only a short spell, wasn't it? But, look, Stephen Gerrard knows these guys. He's worked closely with them. Um, what Stephen Gerrard doesn't have, I mean, he's got the big name reputation. He's got the top flight, you know, playing career, World Cups, European Championships, Champions League winner. But what he doesn't have is dugout experience. And that's what I think Gary McAllister is the shrewd when he needs, he really, it was essentially had somebody beside him that has that coaching experience. Um, he's obviously uh, Leeds and went to Aston Villa as Gerald Hooley, is number two, doesn't he? And as a player, he obviously captain Scotland, captain, captain at various clubs. So he's got that kind of quality. Do you get the sense that Gerald is going to be quite a distant manager from the players or this big backroom team do you think he's going to be a guy that's going to sort of separate himself it's not going to be Stevie G in with the boys laughing and joking I feel like this is going to be a guy that's going to separate himself and he's going to observe that, that, that's that's my impression of meeting the man at the, the the initial presser I don't know what your impression is I think there's got to be a bit of a middle ground on it I don't think he can be the laughing joking manager the way perhaps Ali McCoy especially was at Rangers but I don't think he can be distant and not involved with the players at all now it's so much of it is just down to man management these days and I think it's vital to get that balance rather than be distant and let Gary McAllister or Michael Beale these guys speak to the players I think there's got to be a bit of both where Gerrard's involved but he's not too close to it mm. and I think yeah. that's that's the way he's got to go for for yeah. the season I mean as captain at Liverpool he would have you know I mean obviously as the captain you are the, you are the go-to guy aren't you you're going to be the go-to so I mean you're only talking th- you know th- I mean four years ago he was captain of England at the World Cup in Brazil um, I don't know if you could just suddenly switch that off I think he, I think he probably will be quite close to the players I yeah. think I don't think he should really be overthinking how should I be should I be this and should I be this I think there's going to, he'll need to just be himself and I think naturally he will be the kind of guy that will get close to the players I think there's an interesting bit if I'm speaking on BT Sport before about mm-hmm. with a his relationship with Carragher at Liverpool so Carragher was the guy that got in their faces whereas Jared was more of their friend their pal that put their arm around them when they needed it mm-hmm. that sort of way and Carragher was the guy that was getting stuck in if they needed it obviously Jared would get stuck into them as well but it was more Carragher doing that side of it and I think that perhaps might be the same here with maybe Gary McAllister or somebody that might be the guy to, with more experience in the dugout perhaps he might be the guy that tells the players yeah. what they need to hear yeah what, I know it's really early in terms of making any judgments. We've had no games and things like that, Gav. But uh, based on what you've seen so far, do you think that Gerard can get this side challenging at least uh, for this season ahead? What do you expect from Rangers? It's, it's it's fascinating because there's been so much talk about it since the appointment, and now it's just about waiting for that kickoff. We're just desperate for these fixtures to come out on Friday to say, right, what is the first well domestic game? I mean, I know he'll have a European qualifier before that, but certainly domestically to say, you know, where is he going to go? Um, I think the first thing, I think the first thing to say is you've got like a. We spoke about Pedro Cachinha, you know, so often, you know, the the press conferences, you know, the bumbling, 
you know, do players really get the message? The first thing to say is you're, you're talking here about somebody who will just be he's straight down, he's straight down the middle. You know what you're going to get with him. So you've got a proper. I was going to say proper manager, obviously he's inexperienced, but you know what I mean, you know, proper football manager's going to tell it as it is, there's not going to be any waffle from him. He just so, instantly demands respect and that's something that, yes, Cassini didn't, Marty didn't do that. No, Marty, of course not. But Gerard would just, as soon as you see him, you respect him. Yeah, but it's still going to come down, the bottom line is, I mean, we're talking about Katic, we're talking about Goldson, y- yes they are good signings, yes that's the kind of road Rangers should go down, but... I suppose you still have to ask yourself the question now and then we'll ask it again on the eve of the Scottish Premiership kicking off. How many Rangers players would get in the Celtic team? And even with these signings, you would probably still say... I mean, you could maybe argue a case for Alan McGregor over Craig Gordon. Tavernier maybe certainly be ahead of the OK. But so, apart from that... So you're, you could be talking one, you might be talking two if you prefer McGregor to Craig Gordon, you know, but... So, that's still the challenge they face, and that's before Celtic have made any signings. So that is that's still where the difficulty is going to come. I mean, th- this but, d- but th- th- this, this appointment is shrewd, smart in the sense that it sells season tickets, it lifts the profile of the club. It's a it's great in terms of PR, but how's the most important thing is how is he going to be as a manager, and ultimately. We don't know that. He doesn't have to beat Celtic, though. He yeah. doesn't have to have players that will go into Celtic's team, just as long as his 11 is better than Aberdeen's. Because, let's face it, if he ends a season five points behind Celtic, having pushed them all the way, yeah. that'll be a success, a huge five. success. Yeah, OK. First, for the first season, his yeah, first okay, season. OK, for the first season, yes. Yeah, OK, if, if, yeah, okay. if, if he manages that, then fine. I'll give you, I'll give you that. If, if he... It shows that he's making inroads, but I mean, Brendan Rodgers was interviewed just towards the end of last season, and that's what he was saying. And, and he obviously, he was starting the mind games pretty early, but it was a quote that stuck out for me. He mm-hmm. said, You know, Stephen Gerrard won't be used to the old firm environment. You know, when we both worked in Merseyside, he said Liverpool finished second that season, obviously, where they just missed out in the league, and Everton finished fifth. So, and both in their own right, had successful seasons here. And we know it. You can only there's only room for one, and you have to be the one. And ultimately, that's what it'll come down to. You have to be the one. I don't believe that, Mark, no. for this season. No. Did, I, did you believe it? Because yeah. because you just can't. Nobody, I think, can realistically expect Rangers to win that league. I mean, it would be an unbelievable achievement yeah, if they could yeah, do it. Yeah. And if I'm not saying they don't have any chance. If, you, if you're saying they're going to finish five points behind and they've been second, and there's real potential there to then go on and win the league and, and lay the foundations, yeah, then, then fine, I'll give you that. That would be a success. If you look at it logically, anyone will say that's a success. But if you ask 50,000 Rangers fans on a Saturday at Ibrox, is finishing five points behind Celtic a success? Every single one of them will tell you no. Even at this stage, do you Even think? at this stage, definitely. I don't think... If you walk to Ibrox on a Saturday and speak to any, player, any person there, they'll tell you that it's not a success, that finishing first is all that matters. Don't care how they do, they don't care how they do it. They don't care. It's obviously not it a success for the club, but yeah. a success for Gerard in no, his first season as manager. Yeah, that's what what I'm if you look at it logically, then yes, that's a success. But from a fan's point of view, they won't see it that way. I suppose in terms of the challenge and the information that we have about Gerard, mm-hmm. it will be uh, much more of a complete picture once we see those first qualifying rounds come in the uh, Europa League. Yeah. Now they told us a lot 
this time last year, yeah. when uh, we saw Rangers um, play pretty well against Progress Nidacorn in the first game, uh, should have won about 5 or 6 nil, won 1 nil. but then in the second game, well, you can only describe it as an apocalyptic performance really, um, and it told us a lot about Kashida's organisation and the players' buy-in to his methods. Yeah. How difficult, realistically, Gavin, is it to qualify for this Europa League? Because I look at the four-stage yeah. progression that you need well, to make, and, and the teams that come in in the third yeah, and fourth it's, it's uh, like, Well, look, you only have to ask Derek McInnes at Aberdeen, who's been building a strong team year on year, and they keep getting to that playoff round and just coming up short that tells you exactly how difficult it is I mean the last time we had a team in the group stage out with uh, the old firm was what we go back to was it Aberdeen Aberdeen under Jimmy Calderwood was yeah. Aberdeen under Jimmy Calderwood so that tells you just how difficult it is but there's no excuse for a progress neither Colin I mean whoever Rangers draw on Tuesday in, the, in that first qualifier I mean you're going to be looking at a team that Rangers should be beat. That was unforgivable what happened last season, but you, that's where you wouldn't expect Rangers to slip up under Gerard. You would think that he'll have enough, he'll have them drilled enough to make sure that doesn't happen again. Do you but, think Rangers fans are realistic about what they're going to potentially face? Are they aware yeah. that it's it's a really difficult running and to get to that Europa qualifying uh, stage, even the fourth stage, would be a pretty good yeah, achievement? Definitely. I think, whereas I said, they want what he finishes second is not a success. The Rangers fans are a lot more realistic when it comes to the Europa League. They know it's a lot more difficult. I think this year Sevilla and teams like that come in even earlier in the second round. So it's going to be hard to even get past that stage if Rangers are unlucky enough to draw one of them because they're unseeded. And even in the first round, I agree that Rangers should get past it no matter what. But the biggest worry is getting a team like Shamrock Rovers, Derek City, or halfway through their season and who will want to beat Rangers no matter what. Getting a team who is halfway through their season will make it a lot harder for Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they should still have enough to beat any of those teams that are in that round. But it's the next round then, if Sevilla, when Sevilla, I can't remember what other teams are going, but Sevilla are definitely going in at that stage. Yeah. And Rangers aren't seeded, so if you get yeah. them, Sevilla. No, that's you you'd be out. Yeah. Even look at teams like that. I mean, I think if Rangers had beaten Progress neither their last season, they would have gone to Cyprus. Aberdeen eventually lost their team from Cyprus. I mean, you get you see the money these teams have the budget. I mean, you're talking about Rangers' significant outlay, you know, five million or a couple of players. I mean, that's nothing. A lot of these teams now. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. One of the other bits of news, Mark, I think you can probably update us again on this, is ter- in terms of, where are we in terms of the naming rights of, of uh, Auchin Havi? At the moment, there was a transfer blog post earlier on today that that was that was something that's going to happen. It seems to be common knowledge on social media, but Rangers yet to yet to announce it. Yeah, Rangers are yet to announce it, but it seems like it's happening that Hummel have bought the naming rights to, for Auchinhowie, Murray Park, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, and it'll be known as the Hummel Training Centre from when the deal's completed. And for uh, you, what does that represent in terms of changing the name from Murray Park? You're, you're obviously a bit younger in terms of the David Murray era, um, but perhaps uh, certainly, you know, that's what it was It was called as, a, as an honouring of the mm-hmm. former chairman, but perhaps it's uh, emblematic of a, of a change of the reality in terms of how he's viewed now. Yeah, I think it stopped being called that a couple of years ago now, wasn't it, with Dave King? Yeah. Took over. He, yeah, he did he took not the invite? Name of it. Did he yeah, invite? they invited some names for it, but it never yeah. came around. Never got around to it. it. Yeah. They just started getting called the Rangers Trading Centre and stuff like that on the Rangers website. But nah, like, I don't see any problem with it. I don't think Rangers fans will have any problems with it. Some extra money into the club, but it's yeah. 
money oh, for nothing. In though. the eyes of the Rangers fans, David Murray's legacy has been yeah. tarnished now for so long. Uh, ever since the Craig White disaster, you know, you look back. I mean, what one time it was signing Gaza and nine in a row, and that's just now completely gone. Yeah. Completely gone. In terms of uh, you know old guys like ourselves, Gav, who remember the Murray era, Mark was just a young young lad, yeah, you know. Just I'm young as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, do you do you look back on that with a sense of regret that that early part of his um, of his tenure is completely forgotten about, or do you think it's it's a natural follow through from the the, the debacle? That, that happened no, towards I, the end. I think it's natural because I mean you just look at the, the you know the, what the club has gone through you know in these since 2012 February 2012 when they went into administration you just look at the what the fans have had to go through you know they've watched in the, just in the last two seasons alone they've watched Celtic win back to back trebles one of them having been unbeaten I mean Rangers fans must now ask themselves. Was it worth it? You know, was it all worth it? Would they have swapped seeing Gaza, seeing Loudrop, seeing these guys, uh, for having to go through all this? In terms and of then, the, oh, sorry, and, sorry, I was going to see even the club. I mean, look, look at, look at, look at the, look at what the club is. The staff have lost jobs and just, it's just, a, it was a shell of a place. In terms of the name and rights, Mark, obviously it's one thing changing the name from Murray Park or Auchinhoe, as we would call it normally. Um, to um, the Hummel Training Centre. Would Ibrox for you, do you think that would be a completely different scenario, even if it was a huge deal? Yeah, I think fans would be a lot more split on that. I think even though, even if it was changed to the Hummel Stadium, for example, fans would still call it Ibrox, but there would be a lot more anger about selling the neighbour rights to Ibrox than there would be for Auckland Howie, I would say. And we saw that in Newcastle, didn't they, when they changed it to the Sports, Sports. Direct Stadium? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Sports Direct at um, St. James's Park. Park, or whatever they changed it to. Yeah. It did cause severe consternation, yeah. and probably would do the same here, wouldn't it, Gav? Yeah, I mean, there's so many traditionalists, isn't there? But, I mean, football, I mean, it's changing, isn't it? It is, you know, you need, it's, you need money now to compete, so I don't know. I, I think a lot of fans would be slightly more accepting of it if it was a huge if it was a kind of huge deal you were talking yeah. about and allowed them to you know close the gap on Celtic I think some would be accepting of it I yeah, think, I think fans would be a lot more accepted now than they would have been 10 years ago yeah definitely and I think if there, if there was an offer on the table the Rangers would have to take it because they just need the money yeah. to compete with Celtic yeah. it's just so important to have that money and plus when you're talking about Sports Direct you're talking about an owner who was already despised by the fans, you know, so it wasn't just any sponsorship deal, it was somebody who they viewed as not having the club's best interests at heart. Different if it's a sponsorship deal that suited, I mean, if it suited Dave King and the Ibrox board, you know, they might view it differently. Mm, absolutely. So just b- before we finish up, Gav, you're actually off to uh, the training grounds, yeah. the, the training facility that's in, is it in Spain? Yeah, south of Spain. We don't have precise details yet so um, you're off for 10 days you're yes. looking for it's a, it's a hard gig I'm sure you'll, you'll be, your wife will be happy that you're off uh... <laughs> you're making this sound like holidays work because <laughs> I'm going to have you on the phone every day aye almost certainly podcasts yes so we can for all the latest we can look forward to um, lots of insight and uh, all the gossip from there um, Gav will be calling us from a bar hotel bar no doubt <laughs> Sangria in hand, 
shorts and t-shirt on, enjoying the weather. Anyway, until then, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll park that just now. That's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at Record Sport or me at Johnny R. McFarlane, Mark McDougall at... McDougall1994. McDougall, told you he was a young lad. Um, and Gavin... Gavin Berry DR, I think. Gavin Berry DR. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big, big Twitter <laughs> user, so get following him. Um, <laughs> uh, don't, for, don't, don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And this is important, if you liked it, Please, please, please review and rate us on there too, as that allows us to get the podcast to uh, as many people as we can. Uh, Until next time, thanks for listening.